1: Hey, y'all, we wanted to share with you some of the fun we've been having over on Patreon. We're bringing you short clips from some of our best Patreon bonus content. Subscribe to our Patreon to get full versions of all of these clips. And so you don't miss the free Britney sode update that will be released
2: soon. In this peek, we're going to bring you a clip from our recent minisode on the McDonald's strip search scam, which honestly, we're both still thinking about. It is, whew, yeah. unbelievable. Yikes. Then you'll hear us give a listener some advice in a clip from our Dear Sinister advice segment. Next,
1: you'll get a taste of true crime headlines where we discuss a cluster of mysterious suicides at a college in Missouri and one man who is linked to all of them. Finally, we have a clip from our most recent minisode updating you on the love is one cult, the death of Mother God and the bizarre condition in which the police found her.
2: If you'd like what you hear, head over to Sinisterhood.com and click on Patreon on the top banner for all the full details on the benefits and to subscribe today. And you also can see the video of me drowning in the ball pit on my second birthday that we talked about on the And That's Why We Drink crossover episode. And then you can also read over
1: 100 comments <laughs> from Patreons on the on the video talking about how epic it is. And it is. It's it's absolutely worth it. That is That alone is worth the price of admission. The
2: number one thing that people were excited about was that you get to hear my mom's actual voice going, Heather, <laughs> she fell the ball pit.
1: <laughs> You'll get to see that... It's a spot-on impression that Heather does. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, we hope you like what you hear. Enjoy.
1: I have. Um, I think I said in one of our last episodes, I've never been more appalled with my jaw on the floor mm-hmm. since abducted in plain sight. Yeah. Which, if y'all haven't seen that documentary stop what you're doing right and stop this pause this go watch that come back because it is why it's
2: bonkers it's quite a ride i had similar feelings while researching this yeah yeah this is one that uh when i i heard about it in about a 10 second clip about something i I was watching a show about something else and it was like a throwaway line of like yeah you know the strip search scams that happen to all those mcdonald's and i thought what the hell huh So I looked it up and I texted you and said I have an idea for a (laughs) minisode because it's so it was gripping for me to just read a summary of what happened Mm -hmm. and then when you start digging into the evidence. But to my to to clarify briefly, when I was initially reading about it, I thought this happened in like the seventies. No, no. And then I was like, oh my god, this was our time! Like this was recent. I was the same age as the victim, almost. It's uh, somehow that made it more scary to me that you think, oh, those fools back in the 60s and 70s. They had no idea. The silly, silly fools. But no, no, this was like recent. Mm -hmm. This was within a stone's throw of where we are today. So somehow that made it to me scarier. That, oh, this isn't a relic of the past that people are crank calling folks. Yeah. This is something that still happens to this day. I do remember when the footage gets got leaked
1: after this oh, okay. happened. So I remember seeing but I never really looked into what
2: the story really was or the details. So mm-hmm. it's uh harrowing. Yeah, it's to stick stick to your stomach yeah. wild ride. Yeah. So. Well, Welcome to the mini miniisode, guys, <laughs> which is actually
1: fairly long. We talked yeah, about pretty, doing this a as one. a full episode, but
2: we wanted you guys to have the the secret stuff, the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. Wait, does, is McDonald's uh, a secret sauce? Oh, God. That's what I'm
0: oh I, isn't that what to twa- McDonald's,
2: McDonald's sp- special special sauce? They were special, special sauce. sauce, yeah, because that's the Big Mac. Do you
1: remember when? Oh man, I guess it was the '80s, so you might not. When you would get the newspaper delivered and there would be a CD from McDonald's ran this contest type of thing. I don't even know if it was a contest. I think it may have been, but they had that whole rap or that whole
2: song that was like two all beef patties. Beef patties, special yes. sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. There was some kind of contest they did where they put a CD with that in the newspaper.
1: If anybody knows what I'm talking about, let me know. <laughs> I This is a very Bernstein,
2: Berenstein moment I'm having right (laughs) here, but I'm fairly confident there was something like this. But Have you ever seen the McDonald's commercial with Jason Alexander? I don't know if I have. It was before he was famous on Seinfeld, and there was a special hamburger. Tell me how this makes sense. Rather than serving you a hamburger totally made, they were going to give you the hot components on one package and the cold lettuce and tomato on the separate side— and then you can put it together, and that way your lettuce and tomato wouldn't get mushy. Oh, that's that's uh, Tommy Brown's alley right there. <laughs> I like hot, wet lettuce. Oh, Is that just me?
1: Uh, I don't know if it's just you, but Tommy... Tommy
2: has so many rules
1: about stuff with
2: food. I remember you talking about his ice cream rules Dude. that you can't, you have to get the ice cream last at the grocery yes. store.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. But the, the lettuce on hot stuff is another thing, too, with him.
2: So, well, I'm sorry for him that they took away this menu item, but Jason Alexander, because he's a like professional singer, dancer, Broadway yeah. kind of guy, so he's like singing and dancing I, about it. This it's a, does
1: sound vaguely familiar. Now it's one of those it. where it's
2: like, before they were famous. And they play it on, you know, yeah. whatever, Access Hollywood, something like that. So uh but yeah, there's uh there's something to be said about uh separating your lettuce from your from your buns, but I like it. I like the hot wet lettuce. I think Tommy doesn't get lettuce specifically because of that. He foregoes the lettuce.
1: He does I, I think that I think I'm right about that. But see, I like it Waterburger where it's like the diced up lettuce. Oh yeah, shredded kind. And it's and it's hot with the Oh, the delicious oh, yeah. hot mayonnaise. I love oh, hot
2: Whataburger. God damn, damn Whataburger is so good. Get out of here. Oh my get out God, Whataburger. Sm- Your car smells like onions for decades. Uh, it never, the scent never gets out. I get, I get no onions. Oh, I love the, the, the diced onions. The diced onions are really good. I just get no
1: onions because I can't not taste onions for days after oh, if yeah. I eat them. Days. It's overwhelming. Yes, overwhelming. it is. I'll eat cooked onions, but raw onions, whoo. That does it to me, yeah. Well, man, my mouth is literally watering right now. I'm going to swallow <laughs> all this down.
2: <laughs> now we're food horny. We get ourselves mm, riled up yes. about food, especially waterburger But uh, yeah, waterburger was not the ones, not, not one of the ones hit in this spree. No, they weren't. They weren't.
1: Uh, probably because waterburger is mostly Texas. There is some in other places, but mostly. And this did not, from what Regional. I read, occur, occur in Texas, yes. Well, let's get into it. Between 1995 and 2005, fast food restaurants across the country were plagued by phony phone calls that had employees committing bizarre acts. According to the Louisville Courier-Journal, the first of such incidents occurred in 1995 in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Call after call was made, asking employees to strip down, spank others, or do tasks while naked. But why wouldn't these employees just simply hang up? Simple. Every single caller had claimed to be the police investigating customers or coworkers for committing a crime. So right out the gate, right out the first one, if and man.
2: We're calling this new segment Dear Sinister. Because we take advice questions from people on Reddit and whether they're assholes or not, we thought we would take some advice from you. And this was inspired by one of you lovely folks who sent this question into us. You have asked us for anonymity. So we're going to tell everybody your name was Brunhilde, <laughs> which I think is a great name. Uh, not real at all. And also changed some city names and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But it is a real piece of advice question from one of our lovely uh, listeners and patron subscribers so we love you Brunhilda. thank you so much for sending this in yes
1: and future Brunhildas yes. or yes whoever send your stuff in i'll create a page on patreon where you can send stuff you can also it's actually honestly email your stories and questions yeah. it's easiest for easier for us to filter that way so yes. um, you can and also email more private, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can
2: keep your stuff private. So email, oh, that's dear true. sinister, yeah, duh, don't post. Just say, <laughs> and
1: everyone will see don't it. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to me no, at all. Not at all.
2: Uh, just say in the subject line, dear sinister, and then let us know what your cool fake name will be, and we're happy to uh, answer your advice mm-hmm. questions. So we are excited to get this new segment off the ground. So. Hello, my favorite ladies. I was going to ask for advice, but I decided to make a choice anyhow. Here's my story. For the last five months, I was dating a man. He was my boyfriend. He split his time between Chicago because he worked in Chicago where I am, but he was living in Indianapolis helping take care of his grandmother with dementia. Now, if I'm being honest with you guys and myself, there were times that my intuition was screaming at me, but I've been trying to be a more trusting and not so cynical person. And he was always so sweet and seemed so honest. Anyhow, we broke up very suddenly and stuff wasn't sitting right with me. So being who I am, I probably belong in the FBI or at least a PI. Last Wednesday this week, a week after our breakup, I finally said, okay, I'm going to dig into a few things. It took me exactly three hours to find out he had created an entire fake identity and that this man who had been in my home, who had shared my time, my body and everything with was a total lie. I did not even know his name. Not only that, I very quickly realized he had a wife. I felt so stupid that i had never done all of this before, but I've been working on being more trusting and now I absolutely will never do that again. It's cynicism forever now, baby. Due to my skills, I was able to find his wife and find her phone number. I was debating if I should call her or not. I decided to sleep on it because I thought I don't want to ruin this woman's life just to get back at him, right? So I had to think long and hard about what I needed to do. I wasn't going to jump on social media and do the trend where cheaters get exposed, but their unknowing, innocent partners find out in a super traumatic fashion. Essentially, that's collateral damage, and I didn't want that. I ultimately decided that if I were her, I would want to know. I would need to know. We were having sex, not using condoms, etc., and I realized now I'm sure I'm not the only one. She deserves to know, but I needed to do it for her and not to do it to get revenge on him. I hope that makes sense. I found her. I called her, and we talked. We sobbed. We each had so many suspicions that he had denied. She is so kind and so sweet. I was actually cheated on by my ex-husband, so I know how she felt, and I was absolutely sick over it. I sobbed as I apologized over and over because I would have never in a million years have knowingly participated in that type of horrible deceit. So I ran ahead and did it. I had the evidence and the receipts. I was prepared that she may not believe me, and that's okay. But she asked if she could call me later and discuss it more. I'm angry and upset because she seems like a wonderful woman, and I'm furious that I was a pawn in a game where she had been absolutely damaged. I also told her that I will never again be a problem for their marriage. Whatever she wants to do, he is totally dead to me. He never really existed anyhow, right? Not the man I knew, at least. That's that's the man she's married to. I'm also horrified because I really miss the person who was my boyfriend, a person who literally doesn't exist, someone who was carefully crafted to be what he knew I wanted. So I guess maybe I do have a bit of advice question. Is there any legal recourse I can take to somehow let it be known that I can, did not consent to be with this person he ended up being? Also, some advice for you all. Never ignore your intuition. Never, ever, ever. If anyone else deals with something similar, the biggest thing I'd say for giving advice is this. If you're tempted to allow your anger to create a scenario where you blindly seek revenge, don't do it. Stop for a moment. Think of the collateral damage. I'm so glad I did not post him on Twitter or TikTok or something and had her learn that way. I'm glad I didn't do any additional harm or further humiliate this sweet, innocent woman. Anyway, talk about keeping it creepy. Love (laughs) y'all. Thank you, Broomhilda, for sharing that deeply personal thing with us. Thank
1: you. And First, I just want to say I'm so sorry that this happened to you because that's, man, it makes total sense that you would grieve the loss of this relationship. But adding on to that grief is the fact that the person you're grieving didn't really exist. So you feel just completely gaslit. I mean, you were totally gaslit. You were lied to. You're a very sweet and kind person for not just dragging this dude all over the place because we do see that on you see that on tiktok all the time where mm-hmm. someone's like uh stitch this and tell me how you found out your ex was cheating on you and one woman mm-hmm. i saw she was looking through uh the paper and she saw his marriage announcement with another woman like first Oy. of all What idiot what are you doing but oh my god yeah so i think you did the right thing by reaching out to her i if that was if I was her I would also want to know especially if you're having unprotected sex and then you're coming, he's having unprotected sex with with her you know that's brings into a, a lot of other stuff so you did the right thing and it sounds like she kind of knew something was going on like you said a woman's intuition rarely lies interesting question if there is
2: any legal recourse well so that is an interesting question. It I feel like we talk a lot about the difference in stuff that's illegal by statute and stuff that feels morally wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think if we live in a good society, that those things line up. You know, when we were talking about the woman whose uh, mother-in-law poked a hole in her mm-hmm. condom and if there was any and, – in and some states, actually, there are legal recourse, not in Texas, unfortunately. So this – you know, the because she – it sucks because he, he falsified his identity rights. We want to introduce this new segment that is going to be called I don't know true crime headlines. I like true crime
1: headlines. Yeah, there you
2: go. I like a good rhyme, Mm -hmm. and we would take suggestions from you all. We wanted to do some Patreon bonus content that was uh, tangentially related to true crime and kind of where you know what what brought us all together in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so we have some uh, articles that some of you sent some in or we've seen uh, on our own, and then we're happy to take more suggestions from you all. Uh, we, you know, in the Am I the Asshole and uh, Judge Christie and relationship advice is pretty, it's pretty silly. And uh, as we were reading these headlines, there's nothing really funny about this. Nah, so nah. there's some probably some warnings for what we'll discuss. We'll warn before each uh, article what, what may be discussed. But we think they're fascinating and and things we would uh, we couldn't stop talking about with each other. So we thought it would make for good content.
1: Yeah. And most of these are fairly recent. Mm-hmm. So there, there are things that have been in the news recently, maybe not something we would do an entire episode on, but things that we we would talk about with each other. So we want to include you guys in the conversation.
2: For sure. Well, let's get, get going. Yes. The, uh, the first one is from The New Yorker, and it was sent in to our email. Who it sent was. To us? Aaron Callahan
1: sent this in, just said, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And I started reading this. And then you started messaging me about something unrelated. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of an article. (laughs) I'm completely engrossed. And you were like, what's the link? And I sent it to you. And then you sent a few minutes later. I am riveted. And we both, I mean,
2: I stayed up way too long reading this because Mm -hmm. I couldn't put it down. I was making noises in Paris, kept going, what are you, what, what is it? I said, stop it, stop it. I have to finish and then I'll tell you because I don't know how it ends. Yes. Um. But as we said, we will warn you up top. The title of the article is A Mysterious Suicide Cluster. Yeah. So that should give you a little bit of an indication of what uh, this article is about. It is about uh, a gentleman by the name of Brandon Grossheim, who is the subject of a civil lawsuit. Uh, he went to a college called Truman State in Missouri And uh, there's a Daily Beast article on the same subject that says it's called Death Obsessed Missouri Frat Brothers Advice Pushed Five People to Kill Themselves Lawsuit Claims, which is a very Daily Beast-ish article where they put the juiciest stuff up top and they said, or did he at the end? The New Yorker Um,
1: says, a mysterious suicide cluster. Young people in a Missouri college town kept killing themselves. A parent of one victim is convinced that her son's friend encouraged the deaths. Has a sinister figure been exposed or is it a case
2: of misplaced blame? So the crux of it is that Brandon Grossheim was in this fraternity and one of his fraternity brothers took his own life. And then a few months later, another one did. And then a few months after that, another one did. And Brandon happened to be in close proximity as far as finding the bodies. He found the first two. Yes. And then he lived across the hall in an apartment complex from several others. Mm-hmm. And all of the suicides occurred in the 2016-2017 academic year, and there was only 6,000 students in total. So five suicides is pretty... Yes. That's a pretty high per Staggering. capita. yes. Yes. yes it he is. also... So the first fraternity brother who passed away, Grossheim then began dating his girlfriend mm-hmm. after the young man died. And then in photos wearing on... Wearing his clothes. Face, fo- yes, he was seen fo- wearing his clothes... Photos showed him wearing jewelry, things that his the victim's mother found disturbing and unnerving.
1: Well, one of he also did it with another with the second one that took his own life as well. Mm-hmm. But the mother had said, "Please distribute his belongings from the frat house amongst friends that that w- were close to him and would like him." So mm-hmm. he did have some permission from some, but. Others thought it was a little bizarre, and that he sought out not just dated the the ex of one of the young men, but also kind of started taking on the mannerisms of them mm-hmm. and friends would say it was unnerving to be talking to him, and you felt like you were still talking to our friend that's now dead because he'd kind of adopted these mannerisms. He also went into i mean understandably so a huge depression. So he admittedly, spiraled out of control with drugs and alcohol, and you know, start his grades started tanking and everything. I imagine finding the first two suicides happened within a couple weeks of each other, so yes. within a couple weeks, he had found two of his friends had hanged themselves, and he had to lift their bodies up and bring them. And yes. so, I mean, very, very traumatic and heavy stuff to deal with.
2: They did say that. He was stroking the face of the first victim, which I just, that they tried to, I think a lot of the things that have been portrayed in the civil lawsuit have tried to be portrayed as uh, some creepy mm-hmm. weirdo, but perhaps he was, I mean, they were, he was close to the, yeah. the guy who took his own life. So he was, you know, you can't save him, but maybe you're like, it's okay, buddy, you know, try to comfort him or something. Sure. Yeah. They also
1: even, Wanted to keep an eye. They had like a midnight uh, meeting, the fr- Frat Brothers did, saying, We got to keep an eye on him because we're worried mm-hmm. he's not going to take his own life. He claims, though, that it was kind of all uh, smoke and mirrors and that they weren't really as concerned about him as they claimed to be. Mm-hmm. And they ended up telling him he could no longer be a member of the fraternity. And that's when we moved to the apartment complex. But then weird stuff started happening at the apartment complex,
2: too. That's true too. And so he, it's, it kind of followed him around to the point where police.
1: Which is creepier to walk into? A mummified body
2: or a newly dead body? Oh, mummified. Yeah, right. The mind, the mind reels at what's been going on from time of death until present. Yeah.
1: I don't know though. I yeah, I guess. But if it's if it's right if it's fresh, then they still look like they would have looked. So mm-hmm. that might be more sad or more emotional, but I think it would be mm-hmm. more uh scary and freaky. If you walk in, you see someone's teeth coming out their lips. Yeah. The yeah. the missing eyes because there's even if you're mummified, you're still kind of yourself, right? Your skin's just kind of yeah. like stretched and pulled. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. think her... I mean, obviously she'd been dead for a couple of weeks, so that's going to contribute to her skin color. But the fact that she'd been just sucking down colloidal silver...
2: You're really like not supposed to suck milk, that down.
1: Yeah, that turns your skin blue.
2: Mm-mm. That's why she turned that color. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no. I think in, if you're... In law enforcement, you're trained to enter a room, and if someone has you know, recently had their life taken, then you say, okay, uh, step one, do this. Step two, do mm-hmm. this. When you walk in and it's a goddamn mummy, you're like, well, <laughs> shit. Yeah. I Mine mean, take
1: a minute. Yeah. According to the affidavit, Carlson's mummified remains were found in a back bedroom on the south side of the house. She was lying on a bed wrapped in what appeared to be a sleeping bag. Lamboy had told officers that her eyes were missing but officers were not warned of the glitter-type makeup that had been applied around her empty eye sockets. Set up as some type of shrine, Carlson's mummified remains were decorated with Christmas tree lights and could be seen from the hallway between the kitchen area and the living area of the house. While it is unclear exactly when Carlson died, the New York Times reported that the coroner's initial analysis stated she had been dead four weeks or more.
2: So how do you, how do you mummify someone? That's a very good question. I mean, without access to, I mean, I think about embalming, right? Where yeah. you remove the blood and then you put in the fluids. When we mummified Cornish game hens in school. Is this really something y'all did? <laughs> oh, yes. In sixth grade, when we studied Egypt, our teacher had us mummify Cornish game oh. hens. And we put pieces of cheesecloth in preservative liquid, which Uh I can't exactly remember what it was. Like chloroform?
1: No, it wouldn't be chloroform. I don't
2: think they let kids play with that.
1: (laughs) Um, Plus, that also would be, you don't need that on somebody when they're dead. It's something like that, though. Not chlorophyll. That's what's in plants. No, yeah, that's your... Man, I slept through science. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs)
2: Chlorophyll? Borophyll? That's the only thing I know about chlorophylls from the movie. But I know that we went over... This is what I don't understand about Amy Carlson, except for the removal of the eyes, because when we were in school and we were taught how to mummify a person, which why (laughs) was part of history. (laughs) But I remember we had to talk about you stick the hook up the nose and yank the brain out. Then you have to take all the organs out. So we did this. We cut the Cornish game hens out and scooped them out. If the if the guts weren't already scooped out, they may have been already scooped out. Were these like Cornish
1: game hens you'd buy in the deli section of Albertson's? Yeah, like, like the grocery store. I mean, there are t- Cornish game hens and mini chicken. Yeah, but they were like ones, they were already defeathered and all that? Or were they Correct. like the there was actual no animal? Okay, okay. No, no, well, no, they were You know what I mean by actual animal.
2: Yeah. Like when you get a no. frog
1: to dissect, it wasn't like a frog that had been skinned that you could eat right away. No,
2: it wasn't like the rat that I... Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, taxidermy, okay. no. And then you're supposed to take all, you know, in Egypt, you put them in the canopic jars or whatever, but you're supposed to take the stuff out, the guts out, of the person when you mummify them. Mm -hmm. And then I'm pretty sure they pack it with uh, alcohol, salt, like stuff to suck the goo out, Mm -hmm. like suck all the moisture out of the body and leave it for a long time, you know, 40 days or a a month or more. And then that's whenever they like wrap it in all the bandages and stuff like that. So I don't understand with her if they had, I have not heard any new information coming out. I believe the autopsy, according to our insider DM source, the, Toxicology results are pending, and the autopsy is ongoing. And so I don't know if they... When they say they mummified the body, they clearly removed the eyes, but did they just pour... Were they just pouring some type of preservative liquid on her? Mm. Or did they genuinely go through that mummification process where they cut open her body, took the organs out to preserve the leftover corpse? Mm. I don't... because if I can't imagine they did that. Probably not. I imagine they probably just covered her in some type of they said she was wrapped in a sleeping bag which i'm thinking probably was to keep all the goo parts together Mm. Uh, yeah but they had to have done something because it never said decomposing body no it It was mummified mummified. corpse Yeah. yeah so they must have covered her in something so that part is tbd on uh if the information's been released what they poured on her yeah so you think that they removed her eyes themselves they didn't just fall out I would think so because that, I think your eyes without blood go into them get all mushy and gross. I mean, it's all decomposition. So, any soft tissue they would have to take out. Otherwise, it starts decomposing, or I guess pour whatever liquid they're, whatever preservative liquid they're using. I mean, these people are wild. Who knows? They freaking poured vinegar on her or something. You know, we don't, whatever you use to pickle something.
1: Well, Jesus. Because they, they did get charged with tampering with a corpse. Yes. So abuse of a corpse, and maybe that's because they removed her eyes.
2: Well, abuse of a corpse under Colorado law is it did not take a whole lot to be accused of or convicted of abuse of a corpse. It's all you have to do is remove the body from a grave or somewhere else, oh. or treat the body or the remains of a person quote in a way that would outrage normal family sensibilities. Okay. So is check wrapping somebody and check. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as her her kid will hear from later, it it seems this what was done to her body seems to outrage some folks. Mm -hmm. Well, Mother God was not alone in the house, unfortunately.
1: There were two children also present, a 13 year old girl and a two year old boy. The sheriff's warrant identifies the two year old boy as Lamboy's son and
2: notes that there is an ongoing complaint with the Sawatch County Department of Social Services in regards to Mr. Lamboy and the child. Lamboy told sheriff's deputies that the people in the house
1: would not let him take his son with him when he left to report the body. The 13-year-old girl was identified as the daughter of Karen Raymond. Luckily, officers described both children as in... Good health. ...and noted they were both sleeping at the time the search was conducted. This is fucking how you get Dexter.
2: Yeah, dude. It's-
1: that's so... Oh, man. The 13-year-old especially. Like, you she 100% saw that multiple times.
2: Do you remember the first dead body you saw?
1: Well, if you liked what you heard, consider supporting the show on Patreon by heading to Sinisterhood.com and clicking Patreon in the top banner. Thanks for listening and keep it creepy.
2: Sinisterhood
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting.
2: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need.